Welcome to the People Powered Business Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Lee Billet. If you employ staff, engage contractors, or rely on people to help deliver your products or services, you're in the right place. Join us each week as we dive in to uncover what makes people tick, learn the best strategies and tactics to build an amazing team, and most importantly, discover how you, the business owner or leader, can unleash the power of your people to help create the successful business you deserve. Let's get started. Well, hello, and welcome to episode number 60 of the People Powered Business Podcast. Christy Lee here, your host of the podcast. I hope you're having a fabulous, fabulous day, whatever you're up to, and that you're having a great week in business and in your personal life as well. Welcome back to our returning listeners. It's so great to have you here. And if this is the first time you're listening to us here on the People Powered Business Podcast, welcome. It's fabulous to have you here. You're in the right place if you are tuning in to listen to anything to do with growing, building and managing your team, leveraging the people in your business and really understanding what makes people tick and how we can build businesses that are powered by amazing teams of people. So welcome. It's great to have you here. Now, I do have one favor to ask, and that is this. If you are enjoying the podcast Um, If you could leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts, a rating or review would be fabulous because that's how others know that this might be a podcast for them as well. So if you're a a regular listener to the podcast and you've been thinking, oh, I've been meaning to get to that, I would truly appreciate if you would take a couple of minutes to leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts. Now, let's dive into today's episode, episode number 60. I've got a question for you to start with. How good is a four-day week? (laughs) At the time of recording this, we are not far, or we're several weeks past, we're not that far past the Easter period where we have a couple of shorter work weeks. And what I've noticed, not only myself and, and with my teams, but with my clients and the businesses I work with, is that everyone loves a four day work week. It's a bit of a We get an extra day off. We only have to work four days this week. How great is it? A bit of a party vibe potentially. But imagine this. How great would a four-day work week be if that's what we did all the time? If the four-day work week was what we did every week? How good would that be? And no, I'm not talking about making all of your full-time positions part-time or you only working part-time. I'm talking about changing the way we think about how and when we work. Does that sound like something of interest to you? I first came across this concept a little while back, but probably the person that has really embraced this and is a huge advocate for it is a gentleman by the name of Andrew Barnes. And I wanted to share Andrew's experience with you before we dive into the details of this four-day work week concept. Back in 2018, Andrew was an executive at a company based in New Zealand called Perpetual Guardian. And he'd been doing some, you know, research, reading studies, investigating uh, productivity really of his team. Now he had quite a big team, about 250 staff or so in that business. And as he was looking into this and researching, he found that his staff or all staff generally in the research that he was looking at were productive for really only a fraction of their workday. And that much of the time we spend at work is in fact 
non-productive. Now, I don't know if you can relate to that, but I sure can. There is plenty of times where we're not super productive. So he looked into this and he was thinking, "Mm, okay, so we know they're not productive all the time, our people at, at work. So how could we make them more productive? He was probably thinking, I'm going to assume, but he was also thinking about how could we leverage the time that they're here to ensure they're more productive. And he came across this concept that had been written about a little bit, but was not at this point really widely adopted, known as the four-day work week. Now, in this case, how Andrew implemented this into his business, Perpetual Guardian, I should say, is we're talking about not working um, a full 38-hour week in four days. We're not talking about extending our days in order to create a four-day work week. We're talking about a rule that he refers to as the 180-100 rule. I'm going to unpack that for you in a moment, but here's his experience. He proposed this. Some people thought he was a little bit crazy. He then trialed this in his business, and here's what he found. He found by implementing this four-day workweek concept, they saw an increase in productivity, engagement, job satisfaction, employee well-being, and, of course, ultimately, with all of those things, profitability. Let me share with you some of the stats that he shares. Engagement scores across their business increased by 40%. And you know how I feel about engagement. They saw stress levels in their team drop by 15%. Their productivity increased. Their profitability increased by upwards of 12%, which is amazing by making this kind of change, I think. Sick leave dropped by 50%. 50%. Massive they were able to attract better caliber of applicants into their business and they had a reduced staff turnover. People were staying longer because this was now a workplace of choice. So Andrew heard about this concept. He was interested in how it might impact productivity in the workplace. And really it was just a curious experiment at first to see what might happen and the results speak for themselves. Now, in the case of Perpetual Guardian, here's how they they did this. Firstly, they looked at this as a trial, an experiment first. There was not a a commitment that we're going to do this forevermore. And they gave their team the opportunity to opt in. So they went to their team and said, this is what we're proposing. You let us know. So if people thought, nope, I'm not into this, they did not have to do it. And I really like this approach because you're always, no matter what change you make in business, you're going to have your early adopters and you're going to have your change resistors. And we all know if we've tried to change a change resistor, that's an uphill battle. So giving them the chance to opt in or not, I think was very, very clever. And they found that about um, about 75% of people opted in. So it was a very high uptake rate. And as I said, what they did was they did not say, right, you've got to work four long days. They said, we're going to adopt this 80, sorry, 180, 100 rule. Let me unpack that for you. What this applies to is we're going to pay you 100% of your salary. So your salary is not going to change. We only need you to work 80% of the time, but we need you to achieve 100% of your productivity measures. So 
You're going to get paid 100%. You only need to work 80% of the time, but you must meet your productivity measures by 100%. Now, I, for one, am a massive, massive fan of this concept because, and I'm going to share some other four-day week models with you shortly where you do need to work full-time hours in your four days. I still think that's a great model too, but I love this model even more because it focuses on productivity. It means the business gets the same output, they're paying the same for the same output, but the employee reaps the rewards of only needing to be there 80% of the time. Now, in their trial, they found, and I think the trial was 8 or 12 weeks off memory, that um, all of these improvements started to happen. They were seeing these engagement scores improve. They were seeing a reduction in absenteeism. They were seeing productivity increase. Productivity increase and the employees were actually there more. Pretty amazing, right? So the other thing they did as well is they gave employees options to figure out how this would work for them. So when they said 80% of the time, obviously the immediate um, default would be to work four days instead of five. But employees could choose to do this other ways. So they could work 80% of the time by reducing their days, uh, their hours in their day. So let's say, for example, five shorter days. So this worked brilliantly for employees who were parents, for example, and wanted and needed to work full time, you know, financially, potentially. They were suddenly now with this model able to work shorter days, which meant perhaps picking the children up from school, perhaps being able to see the kids' sports in the afternoon, just being able to get home and get dinner on the table at a decent hour with young little kids. So because employees were able to choose how they opted in, they were able to really make this work for them personally, and that would have only helped the engagement scores that they got within this company. Now, as I said, Andrew is, um, I guess, one of the most prominent uh, people who has done this, and he uh, now speaks publicly about how he thinks other businesses should implement this and really sees this as, and he says this quite openly, the best thing he has ever done in his business career. And he is a, you know, someone that's worked in corporate and uh, has a very established career. So for him to say that, I think that really says something. And in fact, he's gone ahead and written a book about that as well. And I'll let you know a little bit more about that at the end of the episode. Now, I don't know about you, but how great does that sound to me? This model sounds fabulous. But of course, some of you might be thinking, this is some kind of unicorn utopia you're pitching us here. This is not going to work for our business. Let me give you another example of a different model. There's a company uh, based down in Melbourne. They're a, a digital tech company called Versa. Now, they're smaller than Perpetual Guardian. I think at the time they were trialing this and, and implementing, they had about 50-odd staff, so perhaps more relatable to your size business. And they structured this differently. They did the four longer days structure. So they restructured so that employees were working their, let's say, 37 and a half hours across four days. And they made a common day off. So everyone in the business had Wednesdays off. Now, if you were listening to the example I was giving about Andrew thinking that just sounds messy, it sounds confusing, I won't know who's going where, I can't see how that's going to work in my business, perhaps this example that I'm sharing about Versa might be more digestible for you because it's a, it's a lot more structured and obviously was something that was going to work for them. 
Now, the um, manager at Versa says that she put this in place really more from a mental health perspective. She talks about the fact that she could see issues with burnout um, and their industry being what it is, you know, high turnover, all these issues. So she was looking for a mental health initiative to really help support her team and was in fact almost happy to take a hit on some of the other, you know, measures of success in order to get this Uh, mental health initiative running because she knew that in itself would improve engagement, it would improve improve staff retention, make for a better workforce and a better team. However, she also found that by implementing this, not only did retention and happiness soar, which is what she was seeking in the process, they saw sick leave plummet. So again, second time we've heard that. And they also saw profitability increase significantly um, since they've had that four-day work week in place. So not only productivity, but massive in their cases, massive increases in profitability. So although the establishment of this was not a productivity measure for this particular um, CEO, what she did find was that that was a beautiful side effect of her mental health initiative. So that's a very different way to approach the four-day work week, and that might be a better approach for you and your business. So if you're listening to this thinking, I'm interested, Christy, (laughs) you've got my interest, how, but how, how can I make this happen? I don't understand how we could possibly, why am I paying them five days if they can get it all done in four days? The reality is this, we all waste time at work. And if, if you're saying that doesn't happen, come on, <laughs> you know it happens. Whether it's just having a chat um, to, you know, to someone, you know, just casually and, and not that you want to remove all of that from the workplace, but we're also doing work things that are not productive. And a great example of this is um, when Microsoft in Japan trialed this four-day work week, one of the things they did to reduce this, you know, wasted non-productive time at work, and firstly, where do we waste most of our time at work? Meetings, meetings about meetings about meetings to have another meeting. The bigger your business gets, the more that seems to be a challenge. So one of the rules they implemented was all meetings had to be on Microsoft Teams, They capped the number of people that could be in any one meeting, and I think they capped it at like five, and no meeting could go longer than 30 minutes. Imagine how much time was saved by that one particular rule. So if you're thinking this isn't possible, I want to give you three top tips that I have to help you think about implementing this and how this could be possible for you and your business. So firstly, this is critical. You have to know how to measure productivity in your business. And I think if nothing else, COVID and the the move to remote work, because we had to, taught us that perhaps we weren't measuring productivity as well as we could have been. Because suddenly when someone wasn't right next to us, did we know what they were doing? (laughs) And I know for some of you, you're still trying to unwind all of that and really figure it out. And it has highlighted that. But if you don't understand how your staff are productive and what productivity measures there are for them, this is going to be a tough ask and you're really not going to be able to implement it. And I don't want you to then go, okay, well, I can't do that. So I'm not going to implement this. I want you to listen to this and hear that if you don't know how to measure productivity or you're not measuring it right now, I want you to get onto that. Whether or not you're thinking about a four day work week as an option for your business, knowing how to measure staff productivity is essential for a successful business. So this is something you want to be looking at. 
Now, if you don't know where to start, Andrew Barnes set a great example because he didn't exactly know where to start either when he was thinking about this and knowing how to measure productivity. So do you know what he did? He asked his team. And I know it sounds so simple, but sometimes the, the, the simplest things are the most effective. When I'm working with clients on getting position descriptions written and they're not sure where to start, I start with get your team to write down what they do every day. And it's so simple, but so effective. So in their case at Perpetual Guardian, they ask their staff, they ask them two things. How would you do things differently in order to make this work? So they were asking their staff for the input as to how this could work. And how should we measure you? Now, that may not work for everyone and it may not work for your business, but I think sometimes simple is sensational. So ask your team if you're not sure. But if you don't have these productivity measures in place, I urge you to do them. They will make such a difference to you and your business. But in order to implement this kind of flexible work practice, and I think it is an important one to really consider because it's going to mean you can attract the best and keep the best in your business, you really do need to know how to measure productivity of every role within your business. So I've spoken about this before. It is not a time in the office, time with a bum on a seat, time at a desk at a laptop is not a measure of productivity. We need to know how to measure actual productivity in every role. And that would be critical to being able to implement this kind of measure. So that would be tip number one. Tip number two is you simply must have a culture built on trust. Trusting teams are productive but also engaged. They go further and faster for the business. There is so much great research around trusting teams, and I'll probably do an entire episode on that because Simon Sinek's work on it is fabulous. But you do have to have trust across your team, both between you and the team, between the team mates. Because of course, what you will have if you choose to implement this is potentially people that choose, in Andrew's case, not to opt in, if that's the option you go with. And There needs to be trust amongst the teammates that if you choose to be here five days, that's a choice, no problems, but others that choose to be here four are not doing any less because you've got these productivity measures in place. So there really, really must be a culture of trust. And that is something that you do have to work on consistently. And you do have to really consciously build into your team. And again, even if you're not considering making these kind of changes, that is again, something I would encourage you to start fostering in your business. It will absolutely have an improved impact on your engagement and productivity and profitability in the long run. And my third tip would be to trial and consult. So I, if I'm going to make a change like this in a workplace, I would always set out to do a trial first to test and measure, see what's working, see what's not and tweak accordingly. And I would also absolutely, in this case, consult with the team. Firstly, because if you mention this to your team, they are probably going to be fairly happy that this is on the cards. So you're going to get a whole lot of buy-in right at the beginning and they will help you to create this. But also, secondly, um, they might have ideas as to how this could work that you hadn't thought of. They may have ideas or they may have objections as to why it might not work that you need to help work through in order to get them on board. So really involving them in the discussion process about this is what we're thinking of trialing. Let's get your input. How could you see this working? will go a long way to getting their buy-in and their engagement in the process long-term. So you must know how to measure productivity. You must build a culture of trust. And I highly recommend trial and consult 
as you commence on this journey to this change in your workplace. Now, I think it's important as well, and Andrew Barnes talks about this, that you really frame up the purpose for creating this kind of policy. In his case, they call it a productivity policy. This is a change put in place to improve productivity. As I shared in the example with Versa, their CEO put this in place as a mental health well-being initiative. So the whole drive, the whole purpose was around improving mental health in the workplace. So you, you want to be really clear around what you're hoping to achieve out of making this kind of change and really positioning it in that way. Now, if you're interested in learning more about Andrew Barnes's approach, as I said, he has written a book about this. It's called The Four-Day Week, How Flexible Work Revolution Can Increase Productivity, Profitability, and Well-Being, and Create a Sustainable Future. He is an absolute advocate for this change, and he is passionately speaking about the topic quite consistently. But if you're thinking, I don't know whether this is going to work for my industry, I can tell you I have listened to example after example after example of industries that even I thought, I can't see how it would work in that industry. And it does. Because even in industries where you're thinking, well, we need to have production happening five days a week, six days a week, seven days a week. Absolutely, you do. But, but is it about your structure of your operations where you may need more hands on the production line as opposed to having people work more hours because the research shows us that employees that are working less hours are more productive in the hours that they're working and in industries where quality matters let's talk about healthcare medical those kind of things they make better decisions provide better patient care and you know if you're talking about a production environment they are more productive in the time that they're there so i know that for some of you this is a big shift in thinking and it may take some time and some mulling over but i have seen example after example with this working in a whole host of industries that may not be obvious straight away so i encourage you to be open-minded and to think about how this could work in your business I think the arguments for this structure are really strong when it comes to being able to attract the best talent into our business, being able to retain the best talent within our companies. Reduction in absenteeism. I mean, absenteeism costs our business hugely every year. I mean, just have a look at your sick leave bill. You'll be able to calculate it pretty quickly. When the, the types of reduction these companies are seeing in that space is phenomenal. You add to that the increase in engagement, the increase in productivity, and the increase in profitability. For many of you, it would seem like a no-brainer to me. So I, I highly encourage you to have a think about it. I think it's a really fascinating area, and I think I actually think we will see more and more um, companies not only trialing but adopting some form of this four-day work week into the future. So let me know. Let me know how what you think about this concept, whether you think you might trial it or what, perhaps you're trialing it now and whether it might work for your business. In order to do that, I would love for you to join us over in our free Facebook group. It's called HR Support for Australian Businesses. If you go to Facebook and search that within groups, you'll find us, but I will put a link in today's show notes, which you will be able to find very easily over at peoplepoweredbusiness.com, episode number 60. So I hope you've enjoyed that chat today. It's actually a topic that I've been wanting to chat to you about for for many, many months now. So I'm glad we've finally been able to have the discussion. And I would love to hear how some of you are considering adopting this into your business, because I really do think it could be great 
for being able to create those amazing teams that we need to drive our business performance. That's it from me for today. I look forward to speaking with you again next week here on the People Powered Business Podcast. In the meantime, have an amazing week and I look forward to chatting to you again soon. 